Hello and welcome to another episode of the Balanced Entrepreneur podcast with me, Janine Friston from the Female Business Network. So today we're continuing in our little mini-series, The Power Of, and we're going to be talking about the power of getting legal in your business, about getting those legal policies in place and documents that will help you not only start and grow your business, but do so legally and confidently as well. So policies and documents are going to help protect you and your business, but also support customers and give people the confidence to work with you, whether or not they're working with you as a client or whether or not they're working with you as maybe an associate, an employee or or anything like that. So running a business can be fun, as we know, um, and you can get carried away with your services and the products that you want to provide, getting your social media and your marketing right, your branding, getting those customers, making those sales and having the life that you want. But too often, something like the legal side of things can get missed or you leave it to chance and think, oh, it'll be all right. Don't worry, it's fine. It's not the cool side of business, is it really, to think about those boring legal documents and what they're going to write in them and how you want your business to run. But just like HR and finance, being legally compliant is essential. Everything from your terms and conditions of sale to maybe trademarking, consultancy agreements, privacy policies, data protection, non-disclosure agreements. If you are introducing something new to your business and you don't want people to know anything about it just yet, consent forms for things if you are having events or having photography or or doing something like that health and safety policies if you're employing people in your business there are lots of policies that you need to think about the list can go on and it can be overwhelming i'm very much aware of that so today i'm going to be talking with kirsty and kate from k&k legal consulting limited about how and why you can get those policies in place but not just all the policies the right policies for you, your business, your customer, and where your business is now. You don't have to have all the things in place straight away. Like most things, you can build on those as your business grows, as it develops. Maybe you go into different places. But having the right policies in place, as you'll hear in the interview, is not just about saving you the time and the money. It's about saving you that headspace. It's about helping you get that balance and that confidence that in your business, you are legal, you are compliant, you are protected, and you are protecting your customers and your business. So have a listen. It's a great interview. Kirsty and Kate, I met them um, a couple of years ago when I first set up the Female Business Network. We met online. They are part of the Female Business Network, and we've chatted loads in networking events and things like that. They've helped me out in my business and I do regularly refer clients to them because I just know that they're going to talk it, talk about legal stuff in terms that we can all understand. Yes, there are lots of jargon in the law. I did a law degree, so I know that. Um, but Kirsty and Kate really do make it as easy as possible to understand what you might need. They're not going to tell you to implement something in your business that's not needed at the moment at the moment in time. And as you'll hear, they don't like the way that big corporate law firms um, work and operate. And so that's one of the reasons why they set up on their own. But I'll let you have a listen. They go into some of their top tips um, and things that you might need and also talk about a couple of the, the headline things and headline policies that every, most businesses will probably need. So hello, Kate and Kirsty. How are we? 
Hi, we're good, thank you. Yeah, very good. Thanks, Janine. Excellent. And thank you very much for, for joining me today. Um, first off, that's good. First off, could you just introduce yourselves to the people that are listening to this podcast a little bit about you and K&K Legal Consulting? Okay, yep, absolutely. So Kirsty and myself um, started K&K Legal Consulting um, four and a half years ago now, maybe? Yeah, right. correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so yes, we wanted to provide legal services to those that don't necessarily have access to good legal advice and legal services. So we're talking the smaller businesses, the startups. Um, mm-hmm. And we wanted to make sure that we could fulfill services to those types of, of, of clients and businesses out there. So that was our main reason for starting up. And I guess it's gone fast if you can't remember exactly how long it's been. It has. It's been a while ago. We started off really slowly and part-time and now we've progressed to a, a full-time legal business. Yeah, exactly. And what made you want to, so you said about wanting to help small businesses and stuff, but what made you want to go it alone? What made you make the move from corporate legal as it is to, to starting your own business? Yeah, so it was a combination of things. In in all honesty, we both had children at the same time. Well, Kate had a second child um, when I had my first child. Um, and we just found that having young children and working in a very corporate, high street legal firm didn't work for us anymore. It didn't allow us the flexibility that we needed. But we also got quite tired of um, having to log in and log every minute of our day and six minute units. Yeah. You know, if the photocopier broke that, you know, you had to charge for your time that the photocopier was broke because technically it broke oh, while you were client's work and various other things that didn't really fit with how me and Kate felt businesses should be charged for their legal work. So mm-hmm. we wanted to be open and honest with our clients and say, yeah, we can do that for you. And this is the fixed fee. We're giving you that certainty rather than the open ended. You know, we charge this an hour and it could be one hour. It could be six hours. So to allow certainty to be flexible and and to meet fellow business owners that we wanted to meet on a a one-to-one basis and and watch their journey. So you've sort of like niched down into sort of startups and the micro small businesses, generally speaking. I know that's not necessarily all of your clients, but that's, you know, what you are known for in groups and things like that. So why did you want to niche down into that type of business for yourself? We wanted to just get to know people, so build up a relationship with clients. And I think you mm-hmm. can do that a lot better with the smaller startups, the micro businesses. Um, yep. and, and we wanted to build the relationship so that they knew that we were on hand if they, you know, if they had any questions, they could just pop us an email. Um, we're on the end of an email. We, you know, we're on the end of a Zoom call if they need to speak to us. So just just having that support from the beginning and knowing that we will continue with them on their journey Um, and you don't tend to get that with bigger corporations and bigger businesses because the staff turnover inevitably is is much more um, and you don't have one point of contact you might have you know four or five so you don't build up that good relationship and get get to know people we we like to get to know people and and you know have a chat not just about work you you can chat about anything that's going on with with a lot of our clients which is what we like so 
Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, in all the groups that I'm in and in the Female Business Network, for instance, I don't think there's really any other lawyers out there. And as a small business owner, it's important that we do know what we need to do legally wise in our business to support us and our customers. But there just isn't the people like you in there for people to chat to and get to know and talk and ask for advice. So, um, you know, it's great to, to have you in the group and you know get to know you like I say it's not all about just talking about law all the time I don't yeah. think we've very rarely spoken about law in any of the networking meetings that you've been to so, <laughs> um, but you know it's great so in terms of small businesses then what are the general things that you you know see from from speaking to small businesses that they struggle with that you can you know that you help them with is it you know is it understanding what is needed is it understanding that you know there are things they don't even know that they need legally wise. Yeah, absolutely. When a startup approaches us, they're usually, they've got a brilliant idea, but they have absolutely no idea what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So we can talk them through, you know, where to start, but we're also helpful in terms of, we don't just say, oh, these are all the legal things you need to do. If there's a recommendation in there or they need something that we can't provide, we don't just absolutely put a barrier up and say, you don't need to do this. We give them examples of what they need. We've got really useful resources on our website that doesn't just talk about law. It talks about the other elements that you need, like accountancy and, and setting up in that regard. And there's also really helpful blogs on social media and all of those elements. So it's yes, we have a focus on legal but we, we're an all-rounder in terms of the advice we provide. So I feel like when a startup comes to us, they know that they're getting that step, that first step of what to do and where they go. And um, yeah, we we do help them with the setup and we tell them how to be legally compliant um, and what they need to do. But a lot of people, like I say, do struggle with where to go. And then um, we have elements like good old GDPR is one that yeah. you know, it exists. But they um, they hear someone sitting on a sofa saying something and they think that that's gospel and, you know, that is exactly what they need to do. But it's grasping that understanding. So I think coming to us, we can point them in that that right direction and we're here. Yeah. and I think there's also quite a lot of cross, you know crossovers you said about you know accountancy and social media and websites and stuff all these things that you have to do as a small business owner or any business owner um, and there is a big crossover between what you should be doing and the legal side of it to make sure it's compliant you're following the latest guidelines and whether or not it's what you put on your Instagram account or what wording you put on your website, what journey you put your your customers on your website through, everything links in to what you need legally. So um, it's important. And you said about GDPR there, um, Kirsty. So obviously GDPR and trademarking, when I'm mentoring startup business owners, those are the two things that people know the terms, they think they should always have it. But what are the top five things? If you were going to sort of like list five things that startups and small business owners need to be aware of legal, legally wise, what are those top five things? I would say, obviously, you've talked about GDPR, so we'll start with that one. Um, so yeah. if you're going to have a website, then you normally will need a privacy policy. If you've got cookies running on your website, you also need a cookie policy. And 
compliant cookie pop-up as well. <laughs> we all hate those cookie pop-ups and there there are some changes afoot, yeah. but I won't go into those. So there's a bill going through Parliament at the moment that, that could potentially reduce those cookie pop-ups, but we don't know yet. So I don't want to say too much and get people's hopes up. I was, I was going to say, don't, don't get our hopes up too fast. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah they're they're the three that you'll need in terms of your website there are some other legalities and compliance that you need to consider but it just depends on your business setup and your website um and, and what you're selling essentially uh and trademarking yeah absolutely you need to have some consideration for it it might not be that you do it straight away there could be reasons why you don't want to do it straight away because of budget or because your business trademarks branding that sort of thing are evolving and you're not really sure whether what you're using at the moment is going to be what you're using in 12 months time so but just having some consideration for those things when you start up is a really really good starting point um, and then obviously contracts so contracts with clients or terms and conditions really really important I would say that those two either one of them depending on on your business again are, are yeah crucial. I think quite a lot of people me included we don't like the term contracts we don't like thinking oh god I've got to send a contract out to people and it feels really horrible and it feels really you know boring and laborious and they're going to think I'm really awful by asking them to read something and sign the life away with something but you know, it's important for both parties isn't it really yeah, yeah. And I, I personally think when it comes to contracts and terms of conditions, I can see why they have that reputation because there are a lot of contracts and a lot of big, larger firms have these really strict contracts in place and it's very daunting. But when we draft terms and conditions and contracts, we make them very fair. So by someone signing it, they're not signing their life away. It's mm -hmm. entirely, you know, it's transparent. It's there. Yes, obviously, it's going to lean more towards the, the person that had us draft it. But there's going to be nothing in there that's massively alarming. It's quite normal. And I think some of the, the larger legals have ruined that a bit for um, smaller businesses because they've been scared before. And they're worried that that's going to sort of transpire into their business. But Never be afraid to send a contract. You, I personally think you'll look professional. You'll look like you've got everything in order. You're a very clean, organised, professional outfit. And, you know, this is how you intend to run your business. Yeah, and another point guess, to con sorry, Janine, another point on, to consider on, is don't be scared to negotiate terms of a contract, regardless of whether you're a small business or a, a massive multi-global corporate business. It's expected, you are expected to negotiate the terms of a contract or terms and conditions. So, yeah, don't be afraid to do that. It might actually yeah. surprise you um, in terms of negotiation. We've worked, uh, we've had on the other side some very, very, very large international companies and we thought there's no way that change is going to go through and it, they were fine. They were absolutely fine about it. So then, you know, some of them aren't as scary as you think they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember working with someone years ago. Um, my boss, he was a senior director of a, a large organisation now. Um, and he, whatever thing he was buying, he always used to try and negotiate. He said, even if I was going into an electrical store, a high street electrical store, I'd always go up and say, what's the best price I could get for this? What terms can I get for buying this or, you know, getting <laughs> that or whatever? He's like, if you don't ask, you don't know. Yeah, so I always used right. to just negotiate all the time, wherever I was. I was like, oh, my gosh, I would just hate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what sort of things should small business owners, if we're sending a contract out, 
what are the essential things that we need to put into a contract do you think so one key thing well two key things that get missed quite a lot is um the first one is intellectual property people are i'm not i don't want to say lazy but i think they see the intellectual property think oh that's fine that works for me but we've seen contracts where they where the business owner has given away all of their intellectual property and what they don't realize is by doing that they can't use any of that intellectual property for future clients and that includes mythologies processes all of your thoughts that's gone into setting up this ideal way of doing something you've given away and technically you have no legal right to to do that so very carefully drafted intellectual property clause i would say and then the second one is jurisdiction i can't it's, it baffles me that we see contracts with absolutely no jurisdiction in them. And basically what that means is if there's a dispute in the contract, anyone can bring that dispute in any court in the world. So, you know, you've got some really harsh uh, legal systems in the world and someone can bring it there because that's where they live and it could be unfavourable to you because it was written in such a way. So always put a jurisdiction in there. And obviously it's preferential to use the one way you're based. So obviously England and Wales, we pick England and Wales. Mm. And then yeah. fees as well. That's another key clause to make sure you get right to for payment. <laughs> obviously you do something, you want yeah. to be paid for it, don't you? So yeah, it needs to work for you. And we get lots of clients come to us who ask us, and what, what's the normal payment terms? What should I be putting for payment terms? And we always say that it's your business, it's your payment terms. So obviously you need to consider what's going to work with the kind of clients you work with. So if you're working with bigger organisations, you need to understand that they aren't going to pay generally within a few days they are going to do perhaps one or two payment runs a month and, and you need to fit in with that um, but but if you're working with smaller clients on a similar footing then there's no reason why you can't have short payment terms if that's what you want and they work for you yeah, exactly and I guess if you do feel a bit icky about sending the contracts out it's like everything make it automated isn't it so you know have part of your processes is that you know as people go through certain steps they get those terms and conditions sent almost automatically you don't have to think about it you don't have to think oh god I've got to send the email and ask them to send this term you know sign this terms and conditions and send it back to me it's like it's like chasing up you know lost payments or late payments isn't it if you make it a an automated part of your invoicing journey you don't have to think about it exactly yeah I, I would also say a tip for sending out contracts is do it electronically allow for an electronic signature because people are lazy I am lazy someone physically sent me um they sent me an email and I had to print some forms sign them and send them back I, they sat in my inbox for three weeks and I did nothing with them because it's just an effort yeah. we all know that when you turn that printer on it's going to tell you it's not going to work or there's something wrong with it or you're out of ink or uh, yeah. you know 10 things come in before so make it easy for the client you know if they if they get something that they can look at on the screen and they can sign electronically they're less likely to raise an issue with it yeah. And it's also going to be more eco-friendly because you're not printing out loads of paper. Exactly. But it's paper that is needed. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to chat to you about was obviously associate and consultant agreements. Now, obviously, as small businesses, we use consultants, associates, freelancers, VAs for all matter of things in our business. So do you think that we should have 
terms in place for all of those types of people? What issues are you coming up against at the moment with businesses that are using freelancers that they probably need to think about how they're using them and what they need to do to protect themselves? Yeah, so obviously a key point is, yes, you should always have a contract or something in place, an agreement if you're outsourcing work or you're using somebody to support you in your business and they aren't an employee. Mm -hmm. So yeah, as you said, Janine, it's those freelancers, associates, consultants. Um, So you need to consider it obviously depending on what they're doing for you. If they're helping you with client work, then you need to consider your client contract or terms and conditions and and try and mirror those as much as you can in in any agreement or contract you have with an associate or a consultant um, because you don't want the associate to be doing client work for you and obviously your contract with them says one thing and and the contract with the client Mm -hmm. says something else yeah um, because that's where obviously you're going to have some problems if there's a dispute so um and yes absolutely um think about the terms that work for you and try and get your consultant it's not always going to happen because they might want their own contract signed but if you can try and push for your your contract to be signed because obviously then you'll be working on your terms and not theirs so and I would actually say a big issue when it comes to working with associates or the the point that's sort of litigated more on and the arguments stem from is one um, make sure you protect yourself in terms of non-circumvention so they can't cut out you as the middleman essentially and go direct to the client. Uh, okay. Really important one. But also understand what you're entering into. So if we went with an associate, for instance, that associate doesn't have a direct legal contract with the client. So if the if the associate does something, then the client's going to sue you first and you in turn have to sue the associate. So having important things in there like insurance and liability and indemnification all of those points is going to protect your business because you've thought about it if it's not in there you know and it went to a court arena they could either read into the terms or just say tough you didn't have that in there you're on the book for the entirety of it so it's there to protect you I know it seems like another legal burden and another document you have to have in place but when you yeah all the issues that happen and you're that person that has to go to court and argue it I can I can't tell you how relieved you'll be to have a clear contract or associates agreement in place to deal with those points so and also going back to what we were talking about with GDPR as well if you've got an associate or um, a consultant that's that's your sharing personal data with your client's personal data then it's a legal Mm. requirement to have some data processing clauses either in your contract with them or as a separate data processing agreement because if there is a data breach and it's investigated then those are the sorts of things that the ICO are going to be looking at that you've got the the correct paperwork in place and the chain is all absolutely compliant so even just speaking to you on part of this podcast now, I'm thinking, gosh, every single person needs to speak to a lawyer, you know, in <laughs> any type of business, even just a quick 10 minute conversation to say, this is my business. This is what I do. And this is how I operate. Do I need anything extra just to make sure? Absolutely. Um, and we have a lot of people come to us at that initial stage saying, I don't know what to do. And we're happy to have yeah. that initial chat and, and point in the right direction and go through things. So we're always here. Yeah, I guess some yeah because I guess sometimes it's not it's not necessary is it you know it's not always necessary depending on what you're doing and how you're operating and the type of business you are and you don't need to have all these things in place um so don't you know I guess that's one of the obstacles isn't it people don't know what they don't know and they either think they don't need anything 
or they perhaps go overboard and think they need to have everything in place straight away and they just don't they can do it in stages or they can leave certain elements of it if they don't want to so what do you think uh, talking about contracts and policies and stuff like that what do you think of the template I know what you're going to say the template um, websites that are out there where you can go and get them for free or download them for like two pound and stuff like that we originally were never a fan of templates because we've seen so many bad ones so many yeah. ones that um, have been provided without any guidance whatsoever so you're downloading people are downloading and either going with that download assuming it's right for them bear it in mind some of them have, have not been drafted by lawyers so it's someone sat on their bottom somewhere that drafted it or it's been drafted in America people are downloading them and using them and they might make changes to them and it could set off another clause or it could be woefully inadequate or not work for your business so we were always anti that because that's the experience that we had and we thought do you know what hang on we are going to do this but we're going to do this in a different way so we do offer some templates on our website that are very bespoke templates to a certain industry but all of ours include a zoom meeting so so you have the opportunity to understand it because it's all very well and good having a template if you have absolutely no idea how to use it what it means if the client questions it so they have their place um but they don't have their place for every industry they do not work for every industry Mm. we've worked with some really complicated businesses um like a couple of vineyards and and various um drinks companies that you, you couldn't find a template for that um but there are certain businesses and certain industries where a template might work if it's well drafted it's drafted by a lawyer it's drafted in the jurisdiction that you need i.e if you're from england have it in england um but also that you it's providing some guidance with it as well um yeah and just don't be tempted to change something if you if you don't sure. Even some companies that have approached us, and I'm talking really niche companies have approached us, we've had to research before we've been able to draft some of those terms and conditions because they're industry specific. They are so unique that there isn't going to be those clauses out there. So even us as lawyers sometimes have to do Mm. that legwork, that research, that, you know, making sure everything's right. And that includes looking at the consumer protection rights, the cooling off period in relation to a certain product or, you know, what happens with the the data? Do you have money on clients account? All of these unique things that people don't know until you look into it individually. That was very nice answer, sorry. <laughs> okay that's okay it's great because you know I was just to say you know you don't know what you don't know and we're not lawyers and you know if you have the budget and the capability and the connections to speak to someone who is an expert in no matter what you're doing in your business I think it's important that you do that so whether or not it's using social media support whether or not it's someone looking at your website and maybe developing a website because obviously there's so many facets to a website that you might not know legal you know graphic design whatever it might be if you have I say the budget and the capability and it's going to you know it's going to save you time you know it's going to save you headspace and you're not going to go frustrated by researching loads of stuff that you think need to go into a into a contract and like you say change the wording to make it sound less formal and less less horrible to read and stuff like that but you just don't know what you're changing do you so um it's absolutely fine People think, oh, I don't have the money for this. And then when something goes wrong, I guarantee you it'll cost you more. Mm. And then 
being someone who argues in court and has been a litigator, the money that you will spend because you didn't do something in in the beginning far outweighs what it would have cost you in the beginning. It really is important to get those legals into place. And if you're unsure, we're always available to have an initial chat. It doesn't have to cost you thousands and thousands of pounds. You know, we can steer you in the right direction on any budget. You know, if you if you say to us, oh, I don't have the money right now, we can give you some resources that you can go away and look at and deal with that way. So we don't want anyone to feel like they can't afford to have legal advice because it's so important for your business. Another point I will make is to keep your terms and conditions and your contracts under review. So just because you've got one two years later, it doesn't mean that that contract is working as well as it could be for you um, because your business might change, you might have grown you might have changed the services you offer or introduced new services um, and we we've worked with um, a client recently actually who came to us because they had a dispute we helped them with the dispute and then we obviously during the course of that dispute we re- reviewed their contracts and found some quite alarming clauses in their contracts we didn't draft the contracts originally um but because they hadn't kept the contract under review it had executed about four or five years ago and they hadn't revisited it obviously then it was quite detrimental to the dispute that pursued so yes I mean I think this is one of those things it's one of these things you think when you're starting a business I tick I've got my contract tick I've got my privacy <laughs> policy tick I've got this I don't I said, I'm done now that's forgotten about but as you say as small business owners we are often going off on different tangents and introducing different streams into our business and I'm the worst one for that as you guys know <laughs> um you know so there are you know you are constantly changing and that's part of the joy of running your own business is that you can change and stuff like that so in terms of how that might help people see this podcast is about helping business owners get that balance in their life and giving them hints and tips you've got you've given some great ones today about you know let's all review our legal policies and 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 contact Kirsty and Kate but you know how does getting those legal things in place create that balance do you think you know what's what's the benefit to a to a business owner if they did get those in place absolutely we hear from our clients that they just feel a sense of relief after it's done that they feel like they're no longer no on tender hooks or they're waking up in the middle of the night because they feel like an issue could arise so having it in place and you know say that a customer disputes something then you can refer back to the clauses within the contract. You know, if you were selling something online, for instance, you've got your refund policy on there. Or if you're working with a client, say, for instance, say, say you're a VA and then um, you, you sign them up to a retainer and all of a sudden they don't want to do those work, those hours. Having things like no carryover, you know, can protect your business because you've allocated that time. So it helps you find the balance. But it also helps you draw that line and say, no, this is what the terms say. You've booked me out for, for this period of time. If you haven't utilised that, then that's not my issue. I know that's a horrible way to put it, but, you know, there can be some flexibility if you want, but it protects your time. It makes you value your time more. And I think um, some people in business don't value your time. And I think that's where you have to set the clear boundaries. You know, leaving someone waiting on a Zoom call for 40 minutes, you know, that's disrespectful of, of of your time. And, you know, setting those boundaries in place and having those terms and everything in place allows you to refer back to them and say, actually, no, this is what's going to happen. So in, in a way, it does help you lead a more balanced um, 
work-life balance because it gives you back some of your time because you can just nip that dispute or that issue in the bud by referring to the clause and saying no this is what you you need to do yeah and I think like you say just the relief and the knowledge that everything is above board and you're not going to get caught out by anybody is huge absolutely you you definitely don't want to be laying awake at night thinking about that no so we started this podcast about introducing um k and k so how do you feel about your work-life balance has it been everything that you thought it was going to be four and a half years ago (laughs) (laughs) when you first started out (laughs) i think it's given uh, personally for me it's given me the flexibility that i longed for so if i need to go out at two o'clock in the afternoon because i want to meet a friend or my son has an appointment at the hospital then I can do that and I don't need to check with anybody and don't need to get anybody's permission I just put it in my diary and off I go Um, but in terms of work-life balance that's a really difficult one because we have times where we're really really busy and the the obviously the the life slips and work kind of takes over and then there's it spins it on its head for like for instance with Easter coming up we both discussed that we wanted to have some time off um so we're going to close for a period of time and both of us can have our family lives so yeah Yeah. you're in control of that as well aren't you like you said so if you want you know you don't have to go to anyone and and get permission it's like if, I, if we want to close we want to close nothing's going to happen you know I guess emergency wise you'd still be there if anything you know ridiculously yeah. happened but nothing can not wait for a few days can't it for you to go and have that balance but yeah I think self-employment is a roller coaster so you do sort of like you say <laughs> those busy days those busy weeks and I think some of that is we put that on ourselves as well by wanting to do lots of different things and not being able to say no you talked about boundaries earlier on, Kirsty. That's a boundary that we often don't have as business owners. Definitely. And I, I think to a certain extent as a business owner, one, you've got to cut yourself some slack. And two, you've got to realise, you know, we've had a massive learning curve this last year. And that is get over yourself and delegate. And, you know, we really struggled with that to start with because, you know, when it comes to law, it's ingrained in you when, when you're you're in university and to take ownership and everything I'm not saying that we farm uh, our legal work out because we certainly don't do that but you know we've just taken on an employee we have someone who helps us with social media we you know we've taken on those elements all right it's not available for everyone to do immediately and it's taken us four years to have an employee but it's about you know understanding that having that person can actually help you make money as well because whilst they're doing your admin it frees you up you know to do the stuff that you open the business for or like Kate says because you need to go and do something during the day you don't you don't have to have permission you know that person is there to to cover for you so it being balanced also means that you have to do these things. And, you know, like I say, cut yourself some flat. You can't do everything. You can't be everywhere. And I know it's yeah. easier said than done. And, you know, even us, four and a half years down the line, I wouldn't say me and Kate argue, but it's something that we, we talk about. We say, no, we're going to do this. We said that we're going to do this and we're going to have someone help us. So it's about trying not to do everything yourself and you know sometimes I remind Kate no you don't need to do that such and such can do that and she does the same for me but sometimes you can't get out of your own head Mm. and I think you know you just need to take that step back and realize that so 
Yeah, I think we're all guilty of saying, but I can do it quicker. But that's not the point, is it? It means that you're still doing it. So it's still taking up your time, just giving it to somebody else and letting them run with it. Frees you yeah, up, then to, as you say, to, to work on those brilliant ideas that you've got buzzing around in your head that you want to put into action. Yeah, but it's difficult though, isn't it? When it's your baby, when it's your business and you've built it, you're like, oh gosh, it's letting, like letting, letting your teenager out the door for the first time to go to the park with their friends or something like that. It's like, oh no, what's going to happen? Worry, what's worry, gonna... worry. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know, like you said, Kirsty, that's one of the things that you can do is you, we have all these great consultants and VAs and associates and people that can help support you in your business. So if you are able to do it, and I actually said that on my podcast um that's just gone live when we recorded this is all about outsourcing and actually if you know that you can earn 100 pounds an hour and a va is going to cost you 20 30 pounds an hour you're 70 pounds an hour up so why wouldn't you if you find the right person why wouldn't you do it and that's yeah. why net- networking is so fantastic because you get to meet all these lovely people <laughs> that can help you and you get word of mouth referrals and contacts and you, you know, your connections just grow and you, you have in your head, oh, I need some help with this. I know who I can speak to. And that, yeah, that's what I love about networking. So, I think you find some real gems in networking as well, because I don't know, it's hard. And we, we've got some amazing people that help us in our business now. And it's been because we've had that opportunity to get to know them. So, yeah, it, it's definitely important. It, it, honestly, if one, yeah. of the, one of them that we met now left, I'd cry because they've put <laughs> such an asset to our business. I'd just be like, no, yeah. <laughs> come back. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know, I love networking, as you guys know, that's what I do. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not the same as just seeing a social media post or reading a blog or something, is it? When you actually, whether or not it's online, you know, we are in different parts of the world, let alone the UK, us three. Um, and yet we met online and met and spoke, speak in networking events all the time. And that's how we've gotten to know each other. So, you know, it's not the same as just like you say reading a blog or seeing a, a social media post of loads of words on it or something like that actually speaking to people whether it's online in person makes such a huge difference absolutely yeah i agree oh great well thank you very much for joining it lots lots of hints and tips there i've i've got lots of things written down already that i need to go and <laughs> review and stuff like that because i'm in the process of changing what i'm doing so in terms of what you've got coming up, what you know, what would you like to sort of share with people that are listening to this podcast about anything that you can do to help them and how they can get in touch with you? Okay, so um, we obviously have our website, first port of call for most people when they find us, unless they've spoke to us in advance, is um, the website. So that has our obviously contact details on. Um, the website address is kkbservices.com. And um, we've got our shop on there, which Kirsty touched on earlier. So we've got some contract templates on there. We've got lots of policies. You can even book a consultation with us on there if you want to. So, so yeah, um, we're always on the end of an email. We're very active on Facebook as well. So um, that tends to be point places that you'll find us the most. So. Well, and I'll put all those links in the show notes as well. So if you want to get in touch with K&K, um, I'll put your website and social media links in the 
in the show notes to this podcast. So uh, thank you for that. So thank you so much for joining me, both of you, and taking time out of your day to share some of your hints and tips um, about what we should all be doing to make ourselves legally compliant in our businesses. And uh, have a lovely day. Thanks, Janine. Take care. So what did you think? Are you feeling a bit better about going out and getting that legal advice for your business? Are you feeling a little bit less overwhelmed about what might be needed? Also understand that there are certain things that most businesses are going to need in their business to to protect them. So hopefully you enjoyed the episode with Kirsty and Kate from K&K Legal Consulting. Please check the show notes for details of how you can get hold of them and how you can contact them to find out more about the templates they spoke about, which I thought was a really cool idea that, yes, you can get a template for your business, but they're going to work with that in terms of having still having that call with you. So it's going to save you that time. Also, make sure that the template that you're looking to purchase is right for you and your business. So, hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you hit share and share it with anyone that you think needs to know about legal and the law and how they might need to implement certain things to make sure they are compliant. Hit follow and I will see you on the next episode. We are continuing with the Power Of series. So look out for the next episode. Make sure you give it a follow and so you'll be first to hear about it. Bye for now and have a lovely day. Thank you.